0: a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can check us out over at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Mertig, and it is Friday, and so we are back, and we're excited to be here to talk about the Green Bay Packers once again. Yeah,
1: it is. It's it's great to be back, Kyle. I was in Las Vegas for most of this past week, so you know what I was doing there. I was getting ready for the 2022 NFL Draft, doing a little scouting of the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know what else I would have been doing while I was
0: there, so those must be the only two things that I could explain. Just checking out uh, the franchise for Aaron Rodgers' future franchise in in Oakland or oh, wow, Las Vegas. Sorry. Sorry, I did it. I did it even when you weren't even in Oakland. My gosh. But I, I don't know how to respond to that, except that
1: I'm very upset with you to start the show. Did you get to see the new stadium? Just on a drive by, yeah. Yeah. Um, Is it I'm, I'm incredible? on the way from and to the airport.
0: It's it looks pretty nice from a yeah. distance. Yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty impressive. All right. Well, we're all jealous that you spent some time in Las Vegas. You had to flaunt that here just to start the show. Has nothing to do with what the people tuned in for today, Andrew. But we are jealous you've accomplished that. But honestly, people the show don't. Today, people don't like when we talk about personal stuff. I've learned that from yeah, our ratings. Yeah. You want to talk about our takes on fast food or desserts or something to start the show? Pop tarts. Maybe maybe Jersey colors. Yeah yeah numbers <laughs> and numbers they love numbers. Okay, so to start the show for real today, uh, we did want to talk, we want to do something a little bit different today. There has been so much noise around this Aaron Rodgers situation that it's kind of nauseating as much as we're all keeping, you know, in tune with all of that. We're very interested, but it's kind of clouded the rest of the offseason for us. But there is really a lot to be excited about with this Green Bay Packers team, and we should be incredibly intrigued by this roster going into 2021, um, and that goes way, way beyond this quarterback position that we seem obs- seemed obsessed with. We're in the middle of OTAs right now. We're hearing from coaches, we're hearing from players, and you're starting to get some hints at what could be a little bit different for this coming season. And so today... We wanted to talk about some things, uh, position groups that really have our attention right now. Uh, We'll continue to keep our eye on these things as we move throughout the offseason. But right now, these are some position groups that really have piqued our curiosity, um, especially as we get further into the offseason. So, uh, Andrew, you want to kick us off with what has your attention right now?
1: Yeah, so I wanted to get started with wide receivers. And, and as much as I'm tempted to think wide receivers are going to look largely the same, because maybe the top of the depth chart does look very similar to 2020, I think this position group as a whole could look very different. Um, and so, you know, certainly I think the place that you start is with the guys that are slam dunks to make the roster. You have Devonta Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Amari Rogers, Alan Lazard, right? We, we certainly expect Adams to continue to be one of the league's best. Whoever the quarterback ends up being. MVS seems poised to break out or seemed poised to break out at the end of last season. Andy's going into a contract year, so I really have a sneaking suspicion he's going to make the Packers' perceived, you know, quote, need at wide receivers seem kind of silly. I think Amari Rodgers has an immediate role as a returner and that gadget kind of player, and I think he provides an upgrade to both of those. Alan Lazard's blocking alone makes him a contributor, but as a wide receiver three, he's an incredibly valuable asset. So that's four players in a position group that typically has been five deep. Now, maybe they make an exception, and they keep six this year because Amari Rodgers has such versatility, but that still doesn't leave a lot of room for other players. So this next group is what I call, they have a chance. (laughs) That's, That's the title. So, I have Equinemius St. Brown and Devin Fungus. And, you know, Equinemius certainly is talented. That some, some of the smartest people that I've ever heard on this podcast have said he might even be the most talented wide receiver on the roster. But he has not, you're supposed to laugh at that joke, Kyle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. You're not even paying attention. (laughs) But, But he has not stayed healthy. At all. And when he has been healthy, he just hasn't been super consistent. So that's going to make this journey to the roster for Equinemius very difficult. And then, of course, you get to Devin Funches. He opts out of last season and he's coming off a 2019, a 2019 campaign with Indy that was kind of disappointing, honestly. And he, he was actually really productive in Carolina the year before that. And the Packers will hope for a return in that form. Where, you know, he really should be very fresh coming in 2021. But if one of those two players, Equinemius or Funches, fails to seize the opportunity or if there's an injury, there's a group right behind them fighting for roster spots. And then it's ever so important practice squad spots. And I'm going to call this group the it would take a really good camp slash preseason. That's their title. Uh, but you you have guys like Reggie Begleton. Um, Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, and then a couple of others that you may not know as much about, Chris Blair and the undrafted rookie Bailey Gaither, that I think all have some upside. And we've definitely seen wide receivers sort of come out of nowhere on this Green Bay team before and then grab that last roster spot or find their way onto the practice squad and then be able to develop as the season goes on, build a relationship with the quarterback, and then find their way onto the field. And, you know, with the Packers having so many impending free agents, a.k.a. basically the whole wide receiver room, um, there there is going to be some room for some of these young guys to not only – stick around this year as a potential practice squad player but then maybe have a role moving forward into the future of this Green Bay Packers organization but there is one name I didn't mention Kyle and I think you have an update about that
0: yeah we definitely wanted to mention and not just blow by Mr. DeAndre Tompkins I think the Packers added this guy hoping that Aaron Rodgers may just be scrolling Twitter and see that they uh, signed a receiver named DeAndre Tompkins uh, maybe you think it was DeAndre Hopkins or something along those lines. But uh, Wednesday night, this was a signing that the Packers dropped. Tompkins is five eleven, 188 pounds. He's a former undrafted free agent from Penn State who did run a 4'3 in the 40. So he's got some of that speed. And being sub-6 foot, I think some would assume that he's kind of more of a slot player. But he spent the majority of his time... Outside at Penn State doesn't necessarily mean he's going to stay there in the NFL,, uh, but he also had sixty six punt return attempts at Penn State, two of which went for touchdowns. So some special teams intrigue, possibly here with DeAndre Tompkins, an interesting addition uh, that they made this week. So uh, lots to like maybe about you know somebody who's a little bit different. He's not that big tall receiver that they have plenty of. But the reason, Andrew, the reason that I did not laugh at your jokes, Normally that's because they're not funny, but this time I was actually I was googling uh, the announced roster from last year after final cuts just because I was curious. They did keep just five wide receivers, as you alluded to. Um, traditionally, Matt Lafleur offenses that he's been a part of, as far back as uh, Atlanta and some of those other teams, they keep they keep five max of six wide receivers. So this is something that I think we can expect. But what was so interesting last year was that last name was. Malik Taylor, and I remember how surprised we were when that news dropped. There were some other names that we thought, you know, obviously Jake Kummerow, uh and that is a bigger name now in the news as that's been uh, reported to be, you know, upsetting to Rodgers or what you, whatever you make of that, Darius Shepard, uh, and then Reggie Bagleton, all these, and uh, Malik Turner. We thought maybe Malik Turner was even ahead of Malik Taylor. So you mentioned Taylor, um, Malik, as someone who is, you know, kind of in that – quote, it would take a really good camp or preseason category. I am curious to see how uh, Malik Taylor progresses because the Packers did kind of seem obsessed with him when it didn't maybe even seem warranted uh, from what we'd seen, obviously, without a preseason last year. It's hard to tell, but an interesting name to keep an eye on for Malik Taylor and his progression and those kinds of things. I did want to ask you one other question, okay? Um, Devin Funchess. Big name made his trip, you know, his tour around the NFL. If he comes back this year and the quarterback is Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers, let's just say, is there a chance that he has better chemistry with Jordan Love than if Aaron Rodgers comes back and he already has established chemistry with some of these other guys?
1: I guess in a theoretical world, um, I mean, that that's always a possibility. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks who just have really good chemistry, and those players tend to make the team over the players that they don't have good chemistry yeah. with, and often that leads them to be more productive. I'm just not sure that – I mean – it would be one thing if Funches had showed up to OTAs to try to develop that relationship with Jordan love. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I mean, I think he's really missing out on an opportunity here and, and your point is a good one. Um, I do just tend to assume that a veteran wide receiver who has starting experience in the NFL and, and has been quite frankly, pretty productive throughout his career, um, is going to have an upper hand, but you never know. You never know how that year off is, is going to you know, treat somebody. You don't know what he's going to come in with. You don't know what kind of fit he is in this offense. Certainly, you look at Devin Funchess and you know his draft pedigree, and you think this guy could be a more talented version of Alan Lazard, uh, but that doesn't always mean that it's going to happen and that it's going to work out.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really good way to say that. And I'm just curious, you know, to see how it plays out. Obviously, we have a lot to learn, probably in the next couple weeks after we round the turn into um, June after June 1st. And we kind of get a feel for how maybe some of this Rogers love stuff is going to play out. And when we actually do get to camp. Things may all go away and we may fall back into that chemistry that Rodgers has with some of these other guys. But uh, interesting conversation, Andrew, with those wide receivers. Lots to look forward to over the course of the summer and into preseason. But one group that really has me intrigued is the inside linebackers. And I know that's maybe not a sexy position to pick, but um, I feel like there are so many variables in projecting how this group works out heading into 2021, just because Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes are both second-year players. Both showed incredible promise last season, and I think everyone wants to see one of those guys or maybe even both of those guys take that second-year leap. But it's just so hard to project it to go that way of course there's a lot that can happen and a second offseason is going to be huge for those guys i do think it's really worth noting that andy herman and others pointed out that it was chris barnes playing with the ones in otas this week so absolutely good for barnes who really made the most of his opportunities and as an undrafted free agent guy and hasn't looked back since arriving in green bay And then we have to mention uh, that Oren Burks is back focusing at the inside linebacker position. We know, of course, the Packers did some weird experimenting with him last year as an edge player, um, but they have him back inside. And it's kind of hard to see a player like Burks taking that late career jump and being someone that the Packers would trust as a starter. I do think in Joe Barry's defense with Joe Barry's presence, that does give him a little bit more of a shot to go ahead and start over, especially with the way that Barry seems to value athleticism at a premium. So you never know. That might be enough for um, Mr. Oren Burks to get another head start on his career and just really kick things off. But you sprinkle Ty Summers in there, um, along with Isaiah McDuffie. There's a guy a lot of guys with a chance to emerge. Uh, but I think the biggest reason that this inside linebacker group is intriguing to me is because Brian Gutekus admitted that it's a position that they strongly considered upgrading early in the draft and even mentioned that they might need to turn to the free agent market. And since most of these linebackers are present at OTAs, I think it'll be interesting in the coming days to see if the Packers make a move in free agency because Joe Barry is going to have a chance to get his eyes on this group, basically the whole thing. And if he likes what he sees, he may say, you know, we're good to go. But if he feels like nobody's really stepping up and no one's going to be, quote, the guy, then I think we could see him go to Goody and say, hey, man, look, we got to get some help in the middle of this defense. We got to get a little bit more athletic there. Uh, So I'm curious to see what happens uh, because we already know it's been discussed. It's not like they're hiding this. They've discussed that this is an area that they may want to improve. So curious to see if they make some movement there uh, in the coming days. Yeah, and one interesting thing is
1: Joe Barry's linebackers for the Rams last year. Uh, the starters were Troy Reader and Kenny Young. So I mean, I you know, no, no, uh, some superstars. Dis- right? Like I mean, they're they're not names that many people know, and and obviously you know within the defense, Aaron Donald and. Jay- Ramsey certainly um, draw a lot of attention away from some of the other players but the fact that you're able to make a serviceable defense with with players that are kind of viewed as league average um, I think gives you a little bit of, of sense that you know those players uh, especially Chris Barnes could be ready to take that next step this upcoming yep. year
0: and Corey Littleton was there. Two seasons ago, right? And then had his big season before going to Oakland. And uh, he wasn't quite Oh, player. You said Oakland again. I did it again. I'm so old. Las Vegas. (laughs) My goodness. So, you know, he makes the transition to Las Vegas. Wasn't maybe the player that they paid for. Not that he was a bad player. But a lot of people have credited that system uh, that the Rams run uh, with maybe giving him the platform to get paid the way that he did. So maybe we see a little bit of that with some of these young emerging linebackers for the Packers as well. That'd be pretty exciting. And it's totally fine to call Corey Littleton a bad player because he was <laughs> atrocious last year. Um,
1: so the next position that I wanted to concentrate on is running back. And and to me, this is in a, in a really interesting position group, even though we likely know two of the three roster positions already, right? Like we know AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, they're making the team. Um, but the third spot is going to be really interesting. You you have guy like Kylan Hill, who we talked about last week with Dan Daulty. You have Patrick Taylor, Mike Weber, and oh, don't forget Dexter Williams is still on this team. Uh, they're going to make for some really fun storylines in training camp. But you know, one thing to always keep in mind about running back: you're always one injury away from that number three guy, uh, and and them having to play a really significant role because once they get bumped up from three to two, you're playing. And we've seen plenty of teams dipping into running back four and five during the season. Obviously, Jordan Love is the biggest story of the preseason, and, and that's by a landslide. But this battle will be a close second for me, and that that is to see what happens in the depth of the running back position. One other thing to note, there are no true fullbacks on this roster. It's kind of interesting, yeah. isn't it? All right, G- so- given, given Matt Lafleur's scheme.
0: Yeah, and uh, so we think then, I mean, I think that speaks to maybe the way that they may see that what Josiah DeGuarra could do, I guess. Because you don't think that they probably need a full-time fullback, but you would imagine that they would want some guys who could do some of those kind of things. It's just curious to me with, with Kyle Juszczyk,
1: um in San Francisco. I, I know he's one of a kind. Like, there's no other fullback in the league that's like him but they they didn't even pretend to prioritize that you know they didn't, they're didn't. they not bringing in a UDFA or anybody yeah. else it's kind of like Josiah DeGuara Dominique Daphne yeah We'll maybe Jay Sternberger, like we'll, we'll see what we have yeah. and we'll just throw some H backs around there.
0: I was just going to mention Daphne. I'm glad you mentioned his name that, like, you know, we just got a little bit of taste of him last year. Maybe that's something that, like, he can kind of grow into that role along with DeGuara. But interesting, interesting note there. Um, I was just going to throw out, so it's interesting they're posting all of the squad pictures, right? All the position groups at, at OTAs. And it was funny to me, they took the picture of the running back group and it's all the guys you expect to make the team on, I think the right side. And then there's like a gap and then it's like Mike <laughs> Weber and Dexter Williams are like all the way over on the left. And it's almost like they did that so they could like just crop the picture later when <laughs> obviously we hope those guys have a great preseason and offseason and stuff. But, and it sounds like Dexter Williams came in a great shape. So maybe he'll uh, have a resurgence in his career and those kinds of things. But I just laughed because it was (laughs) like they left that so that they could, you know, use that for future photos and not uh, not have those guys mixed in. But anyway, let's move on to uh, the defensive tackle position. This is the other group that I really can't wait to watch over the offseason and into training camp. Um, Of course, the preseason is going to be really, really fun with this defensive line group, too. But the part that I think is really, really interesting is because the Packers did so little to address this position uh, in the offseason. I think everybody had it pretty high on the priority list, and then there was just not a lot of movement and TJ Slayton is really exciting, but that feels like a pick for the future. And then of course everyone had all, but bought a plane ticket for Dean Lowry out of green Bay, assuming that he was basically already cut. Well, you know, from yesterday's show, the Packaday podcast talked about the Packers restructured his deal this week. And so he will be sticking around. It almost sounded like it would even be hard for the Packers to, or less desirable, at least for them to release him even next year. So um, interesting the way that the Packers continue to value Dean Lowry. Um, and then it was interesting to me that it came out this week that Kenny Clark has slimmed down a little bit. Um, and so he's, you know, a little bit of a different player maybe this year than he would be last year as far as uh, his weight um, and coach Barry is trying to get these guys to play at a weight that allows them to be their fastest and their most explosive and we've seen Kenny do a lot of work in the middle of the defense uh, he took on more double teams last year but I've seen multiple people point out that Joe Barry is probably going to have these defensive linemen doing a little bit more penetrating by design um, of course they are still going to take on their fair of double teams just by virtue of the scheme that they run but they're They're going to be less responsible for multiple gaps and more intent on getting upfield, which is kind of exciting uh, to think about. So shout out to Ross Uglum, who pointed out that Kingsley Kiki is kind of an ideal fit for Joe Barry and really likes his fit as that four eye defender, someone who's going to line up just inside of the offensive tackle. So uh, of course, Kenny Clark, you can put just about anywhere. He's going to be dangerous in a penetrating role. He can also play the nose. Um, And so when Slayton, does come to a place where he is ready to play I think it's really exciting to think that you could have Slayton kind of playing that nose position and then potentially Clark and Kiki on the field at the same time playing those four eye spots so it could be a really fun group I think it's going to take a while for it to gel and for all these guys to be ready Um, but maybe this defense this defensive line is one that's really ready to contribute and be a little bit better than it was in the last couple of seasons.
1: Yeah, and as hard as it is to believe, it's going to be June by the time we record our next show, and we are really kind of sneaking close to training camp. We'll we'll be, you know, less than a couple months away from that, and so a lot of exciting positional groups to watch, and we just wanted to share uh, four of them that we were really excited about today, and this is the rarest of rare, Kyle. We almost hit 20 minutes today. It is a rare occasion where we shut up before we go over our time. We kept it succinct, and so we will continue to do that. Uh, but so that is all the time that we have today. This has been the Packer Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit, and you can find me at Andrew Murtagh. Please remember to also follow at Packer Day Podcast. Please subscribe to rates podcast if you like what we're doing. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday, and we'll be back next week with more off-season coverage. And in the coming weeks, we have some really fun guests that are lining up. So uh, be be sure to tune in for that. Thanks for listening, and as always remember